2: Sands Pants Radio Australia's most duckest of a half podcast network. This is News Fighters. Where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan.
0: We're back, hello fighters. Welcome to News Fighters for today. Friday, June the 18th, 2021. I'm your host, Dylan Bain, back with a comedic look at the big stories of the week in Australian news, media, and political hypocrisy. And the biggest story and most exciting news for me in months, I got my first COVID jab. Yeah! (laughs) Yes, hard to believe, and it wasn't because I physically resemble a 70-year-old. Anyways, more on that later as comedy writer Dave Bluestein stops by and we compare vaccine jab stories. But first up... It's our National Buffoon's European vacation.
3: The Australian Prime Minister has arrived in the UK to begin a weekend of talks as a guest at the G7 Summit in Cornwall. Scott Morrison has just touched down in the UK for the G7 Summit, which is officially underway
0: in Cornwall. Yes, the G7 Summit was on in Cornwall and our Prime Minister Scott Morrison was there. On the periphery. Scott Morrison is there as an onlooker.
3: Scott Morrison was there as an observer.
0: And Scott Morrison wasn't invited to the Royal Reception here. There has never been a more important time for Australia to be sitting around the table with the world's leading democracies. Yes, yeah, sitting around the table, just not the grown-ups table. We were, in fact, at the kiddies table, looking up at the uh, big economies, making the big decisions. Uh, okay, keep eating your, ve- your vegetables and growing your renewables sector. Maybe you, you can sit at the uh, big grown-ups table one day, Australia. In fact, our absence was even noticed by our official head of state, the Queen, who's, who was even like a, where the bloody hell were you to Scott Morrison when they met at Windsor Castle?
2: So you, you, were, you were down there, but I didn't see you and, at, uh, in Cornwall. No, that was, that was just the G7 members. We were an extension them. partner, <laughs> as they yes. call them.
0: Ha, yes, we're an extension partner. You know that term extension partner? It's also how Charles referred to Camilla for all those years. Anyway, it doesn't matter anyway, that we were just uh to on-looking extension partner
2: as Scott Morrison was late but as you can see it's a little bit of a foggy mess at the moment and that means that no planes can land at the airport here so Scott Morrison's flight has been diverted to an airbase just outside Oxford it means that he and the Australian delegation now face a car trip of about 4 or 5 hours down here to the summit venue
3: as you can see the weather has not been kind and that has led to Scott Morrison's plane being diverted yes bad weather in England. Who
0: could have predicted that? It turns out the uh, delayed landing didn't impact Scott Morrison's plans too much anyway.
2: So he had all of that time on the road. He ended up having to cancel all of his meetings today. So essentially, he's done nothing so far. Aside from stopping off for a pub lunch on his drive down here to Cornwall yesterday, uh, certainly in terms of official engagements, he really hasn't done anything.
0: Yes, but even on the drive to Cornwall, our Prime Minister couldn't avoid controversy.
3: One photo has garnered the worst response, and that's a photo showing Scott Morrison having a pub lunch on his way to the G7. Uh, Australians have. There's been backlash from Australians calling it tone-deaf, Pete, because Australia is still.
0: Yes, our prime minister stopped for a pub lunch. How dare he? While everyone in Australia is also stuck here, able to go to the pub. The lunch. I, d- I don't understand the outrage. No, seriously though, Scott Morrison had a four-hour drive. What was he supposed to do? Eat a packet of petrol station knickknacks and hobnobs, and and keep driving? Or was our head of government supposed to stop off at a drive-through McDonald's? Because I heard he's not legally allowed to set foot in a McDonald's since Engadine. Oh, whoops, sorry, my Engadine McDonald's uh, joke had triggered the lazy satire buzzer there. I apologise. Anyways, onto the G7 itself, and while ScoMo was speeding up the A30 getting Walker's crumbs on his lap, Boris Johnson was welcoming the main players and reminiscing about how bad the coronavirus pandemic was.
2: We've all been going through the most wretched uh, pandemic uh, our countries have faced for our lifetimes, uh, maybe longer, much longer. And I actually think this is a meeting that genuinely needs to happen because we need to make sure that we learn the lessons from the pandemic. We need to make sure that we don't repeat some of the errors that we doubtless made.
0: Yeah, Boris was like, how bad was that pandemic? Jeez, some countries really stuffed that up. Feel bad for whoever led uh, the United Kingdom last year. They made some bad mistakes. Oh, Oh, was that me? Oops. Also at the G7, the other big topic aside from... How bad they stuffed up COVID was, of course, climate change.
2: This
3: summit has made it clear that clean is in and coal is out.
2: There were promises to do more on climate change. The summit resolving to phase out coal-fired power stations and recommitting to zero-net greenhouse gas emissions by 2050. World leaders agreeing to stop new government support for coal power by the end of 2021.
0: Yes, finally, the world's biggest economies have decided to stop funding coal. Surely Australia isn't going to be left behind on this one, they're not just going to stand on the sidelines and uh, tell everyone they're wrong like a dodgy dad yelling at a umpire at his kids' soccer game. Oh, 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 wait, no, they did.
2: World leaders agreeing to stop new government support for coal power by the end of 2021.
0: Australia has no plans um, or is not pursuing anything that would could be described in that way.
3: But once again, Scott Morrison has refused to commit to that 2050 target for zero net emissions.
0: We're not a signatory to the G7 communique. Yes, everybody in the world is going to be off coal in a few decades, and we're going to keep digging it out of the ground and selling it to absolutely nobody like an out-of-touch grandpa at a flea market. Yeah, look, kids, it's Titanic on VHS. It's, It's just like watching it on the big screen. You love the big screen. All right, how about how about spaghetti incident on CD then? Everyone loves spaghetti incident. And meanwhile, back in Australia, our acting Prime Minister, Nationals Leader Michael McCormack is like, we love coal. We, we're going to have it forever.
3: Australia's Deputy Prime Minister has declared coal will be around for many years to come. He made that prediction after the world's seven biggest economies agreed to phase out government support for coal-fired power stations. 55,000 people are employed in the coal industry and $66 billion of exports that pays for a lot of hospitals, pays for a lot of schools, pays for a lot of barista machines that uh, uh, produces the coffee that uh, inner city types sit around and drink and talk about the, the the death of coal.
0: What is this coalition government's obsession with having a culture war about coffee? Everybody in Australia loves a decent coffee. Get over it. where the country that invented McCafe. I was just on a regional tour with Irrational Fear and every little town had a bloody tr- trendy coffee shop now. Who do, who does he think he's alienating? In fact, Michael McCormack even promotes how good the, the coffee is in the country now when he tries to get people to move there.
3: And uh, there's many, many jobs going in regional Australia at the moment, not just on farms but in accountancy practices, law firms... Uh Great place. Big enough in which to get a good cup of coffee, small enough to care, Carl. I always say it.
0: Yes, good job, Michael McCormack. Promote those uh, country town coffee shops where people can sit around and talk about how much they hate coal on their way to their coal mining jobs. Good job. Anyways, back to the G7. Of course, the real reason Scott Morrison was there was for some one-on-one time with his new best buddy, US President Joe Biden. So... How did that go?
3: Tonight, the PM's first meeting with Joe Biden crashed by an unexpected guest on the sidelines of the G7 summit. Unusually, an anticipated bilateral meeting with the US president turned in to a three-man affair. We do
0: know that Scott Morrison wanted a one-on-one meeting with Joe Biden. He hasn't managed to get that at this G7 summit. Instead, Boris Johnson was joining in, and this is how Scott Morrison is selling it. I would say it was a a meeting of great friends and allies. Don't you hate that? It's a bit like if you're in high school and you finally build up the courage to ask a girl out on a date to the movies and she agrees and you're over the moon. But when you get there, she's brought along your, your friend Billy who's from another school. Ugh. And then on Monday, you try and spin it positively at school and you say this. I would say it was a a meeting of great friends and allies. And if that wasn't enough, after the G7, Scott Morrison has to hang out with Boris Johnson again. This time in London to sign a free trade agreement. Well, kind of. It's an agreement for a free trade agreement.
3: Prime Minister Scott Morrison and his British counterpart have this evening signed off on the broad terms of a free trade agreement.
0: Prime Ministers Boris Johnson and Scott Morrison
3: signing off on an in-principle agreement for a free trade deal between the two countries to be completed by the end of the year.
0: Yes, and it turns out many in Labor here are in favour of the UK free trade deal. Uh, all the backbenchers want to see if they can swap Anthony Albanese for UK Labor leader Keir Starmer. Yes, Keir Starmer, <laughs> Jokes. That's what you come to Newsfighters for. Everyone loves Keir Starmer jokes. So then how was this a historic trade deal between a former coloniser and its colony sealed with an antique fountain pen signing ceremony on board a replica of the HMS Endeavour with a trading of flags or a handing back of stolen Indigenous artefacts from the British Museum?
3: <laughs> nope. This was the moment the two leaders delivered the news overnight, standing shoulder to shoulder and exchanging... Biscuits.
2: You give us Tim Tams, we give you you penguins. uh, uh, You give us Vegemite, we give you Marmite.
3: They swapped their little jars of Vegemite and Marmite yesterday, Mm. so it's all happening. Tim Tams, of course. (laughs) I didn't understand what we were getting back from Tim Tams. What are penguins? I'm not familiar with penguins either. Sounds like Australia got ripped off in that exchange, don't you think? (laughs) They're
4: not as good as the Tim Tams.
0: Yes, it was, in fact, the greatest biscuit-based diplomacy since the famous Ginger Nuts at the Treaty of Versailles in 1919. So what do we get out of the deal? Well, aside from a packet of penguins.
2: The new deal will eventually deliver cheaper British cars, Scotch whisky and biscuits. Australian lamb, beef and sugar are likely to be exported into Britain in greater volumes and winemakers are also a winner with tariffs cut. Under
3: the deal, tariffs on other Australian agricultural exports like dairy and sugar will be slowly phased out. Lamb and beef products will be tariff-free in 15 years. Yes,
0: so Australian meat producers have 15 years... I have unrestricted tariff free imports into the UK. Guys, I don't think meat lasts that long. I had a packet of mince turned brown in my fridge in a week once. 15 years, you might want to freeze some of that beef. And the deal also includes some immigration and visa changes for when borders reopen to travellers in. I don't know, 2035 probably.
2: It'll see restrictions on working visas relaxed, with the age limit on working holiday visas increased to 35.
3: Other changes include British backpackers being able to stay longer down under without having to work on farms.
0: Yes, great news there for eternally developmentally arrested Aussies and Brits who can now put off getting their lives together and keep backpacking till they're 35. And with Brits no longer on our farms whinging about getting sunburnt, picking our fruits and vegetables for less than the minimum wage, we could be facing labour shortages. But wait, there's a plan.
3: The nationals say they've done a deal to establish a new agriculture visa to replace backpackers lost under the Free Trade Agreement with the UK. The visa would allow citizens from countries including Indonesia, the Philippines and Singapore to work in Australia for up to three years.
0: Yes, the coalition stopped the boats, but now they need to start the planes to pick the fruit, the goats to cotties to make the cordial that I like best. Oh, hey government, if you're looking for some uh, dedicated agriculture workers, I did hear about this uh, great Sri Lankan family that used to have a job at a Queensland abattoir that they're keen to get back to. Maybe you could uh, maybe you could work on that. Anyway, Scott Morrison's Euro trip didn't stop there. He also swung by France so the journalists could use the few French words they remember from school.
3: And he wasn't quite ready to say au revoir to Europe, ducking across to Paris to say bonjour to President Macron.
0: Yes, and the Prime Minister also said, s'il vous plaît and merci beaucoup, before they shared an entree of plat du jour. Comme si, comme ça, où est la bibliothèque? And finally, Scott Morrison made sure he made time to stop in and visit an old friend. Or just the only guy he knew in Paris who could translate a room service menu for him.
3: And there was time for just a brief meeting with the now head of the OECD, former finance minister Matthias Cormann.
0: Hey Matthias, remember when we uh, flew you around the world in our private jet for months at taxpayers' expense so you could lobby to get this job while thousands of Australians were stuck uh, stranded overseas? (laughs) Uh, Good times. Okay, so ScoMo European vacation done. What next?
2: The Prime Minister will return to two weeks quarantine
0: in the Lodge. Two weeks? That's going to need a few packets of... Tim Tams,
3: of course.
4: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot...
1: All right,
0: now on News Fighters. Uh, one of the advantages of being an ageing Gen X, Y millennial cusp hipster is it actually put me in the bracket of the 40 to 49-year-old uh, eligibility for my COVID vaccine. And so last week, I got my first shot, and someone else who got their first shot is one of Australia's uh, greatest comedy writers and uh, also screenwriter and funny man, lapsed comedian extraordinaire, Dave Bluestein, who joins me now. Hey, Dave, how are you going? First of all, what Hello. made you... What made you want to get vaccinated? Was it the government's dynamic and exciting ad campaign featuring the talking head of uh, Dr. Nick Coatsworth? Were you swept up in Coatsworth mania?
4: Co- I, you know what? I have paid so little attention to the government's federal rollout because it was very <laughs> easy to lose focus. <laughs> and the, I didn't even, like when you said Coatsworth, I was expecting Norman Swan maybe. I don't know. I've lost track. No, it's, no. No, no. I'm afraid, I, I that was that was not the motivation. Um, I uh, purely purely on the level of of science and just basic knowing that vaccines are important. So uh, you're
0: interested in not dying of COVID. Do I understand that correctly? <laughs>
4: I'm interested in not dying of COVID, but more to the point, I'm also interested in, in nobody dying of COVID. I think that's exactly. The
0: thing. Yes, I think it's important for everyone. Some people heard I was getting vaccinated, and they were like, "Oh, is he going overseas soon?" I'm like, "No, I just want the <laughs> pandemic to end. I want yeah. the borders to reopen and lockdowns to stop and to go visit my family and friends overseas." Like, I think a lot of people don't realize how how important this is.
4: Oh, absolutely! It's yeah, it, just that 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 basic thinking, you know, outside yourself and and thinking um, and wanting it to be easy for everyone to do. Like there should be no roadblocks. There should be no obstacles to just, uh, I'm more than happy to wait my turn. Like I wasn't wasn't in a rush to do it. When there was an opportunity, I took the opportunity, but even when i got there like there were people like sort of running ahead of me in the line i just thought like those few minutes are not going to make a massive difference to that. No
0: no i w- i waited my turn as well i mean if if other people are a vaccine hesitant and you know i waited i waited till my mum got her first jab before i registered my interest cuz i didn't want to i figured she was definitely more of a priority than i was and uh and then uh i put my name down and then i and then i got called up and if that's cuz other people are hesitant then i'll happily go in the queue uh, in front of yeah, them. for sure.
4: I, I mean, like I have, <laughs> I have chronic asthma, and that's that doesn't come up as like a you know a priority mm-hmm. issue. Um, I've got old people in my in my family, mm-hmm. um, but again, that's not um, there. No one who's sort of like in those top tiers. No one who's particularly immunocompromised or anything like that. So,
0: in terms of the um, the registration, I know we were both saying we felt a little bit bad, like it wasn't our term. And nowhere did I feel that than when you had to list your. It was like a list of occupations uh, or eligibilities. Did you see that? And it was yeah. like uh, uh, ambulance worker, uh, no, aged care worker. And you scroll down this whole list and you're like, well, I guess I'm general public. Well, <laughs> I'm, actually not, the- I'm not quite sure so how I got to crash this party.
4: <laughs> the hospital that I applied to, because I actually yeah. had two hospitals I had to apply to. I got all the way to the end. So mm-hmm. you, you, have, you enter all your... your- information and then see mm. if there's an appointment available. And there was, but there wasn't a follow-up one. So for your um, second dose. Yeah, that's right. So I yeah. couldn't book, but rather than going, uh, well, what about in a, in a week's time or, uh, that's okay. Let's see where else there's stuff available. I had to go, I had to pretend I hadn't applied, <laughs> go back and start from the very beginning find a different hospital that was further away. Oh, so you
0: select, start, the oh, the you select the venue first. You select the venue first. For everyone overseas or interstate, uh, I don't know how you did it, but I I registered my interest with the federal government and didn't hear anything, and then I registered my interest with the state government and got an email back and then a few weeks later, yeah, you, it it sends it, you're approved and you go to this website. I think my hospital was selected already because it was like, here's your local hospital, you apply here, and then you fill in all the forms. I was checking my email,
4: like, nonstop for (laughs) for the full two weeks until it actually came around. And I think it did select one for me at first.
0: Right, right.
4: By default, but um, you had the option to pick somewhere else. So, I sort of went back and clicked on that original email link and then started again and and changed my – I didn't change my location. I just kind of widened my search because there were – and I,
0: th- and I think I know overseas that, you know, they're popping up, having a little pop-up clinics at everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, you know, th- pharmacies and everything. But I think in Australia, I think for over 50s who can get AstraZeneca, that's largely through GPs because that can be stored in a fridge. But I think for our age group... Under fifties, we get it's Pfizer. A very,
4: it's a very Australian uh, vaccine. You can store it in a fridge. Store it in a fridge. A I was going to say
0: there'll be know. a lot of after the pandemic there'll be a lot of cheap, uh, good wine fridges going from being sold by local GP officers. Store at uh, that think we'll perfect see, yeah. seven degrees.
4: And um, we'll see a big boom in craft <laughs> vaccines. Yes, so, yes. <laughs> yeah, with but, the great labels.
0: Yeah, but then for us, because Pfizer has to be frozen at minus seventy or something, so we all have to go to these big. Hubs, but I think mm. uh, uh, New South Wales really only has one at Homebush, so we had to go to a, to a hospital. Whereas I think everyone in Victoria and other states, there's all these big hubs everywhere.
4: I think in Victoria it's coordinated through um, uh, through a phone, like a phone service, which is there's no way that would work. I mean, I was on the phone for about 40 minutes until I gave up. To but, try and change um, your
0: venue, correct? Yeah, Yeah. yeah exactly.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so my understanding from my, my family who are in Melbourne, some of whom do have jobs that got them higher up the queue. So I don't know Mm -hmm. if it's for everybody, but they Mm -hmm. went through a central phone service. Whereas I think Queensland has more of a rock up kind of situation.
0: And New South Wales has no walk-ins that I'm aware of. I did a quick Google. I I don't think anyone in New South Wales can just rock up. um, But Mm. in Victoria, they did have that. And that ties into something I noticed, which I'll talk about later. When I got to the hospital, there was no signage anywhere because they didn't want people walking up.
4: Yeah, right. yeah. It was brilliant. A, it was like
0: it was like a secret club or a hidden bar or a rave, you know, there was just an unmarked white tent with a security guard and I was like, is this the I am place? Sh- wink wink. I'm sure it's
4: is, it is it is easier to find a a heroin dealer in Sydney <laughs> than it is to find a vaccine. But Definitely. um but so the reason I, I went on this tangent is yes, that yes, get going. jobs Their jobs, so you said, like, you know, general public. There's actually two at the hospital I went there was other and general public. (laughs) So I was like and they, they weren't in alphabetical order. They weren't yes. in any kind of logical order. Who is kind of not like, the
0: general public? Who, who is not I thought general public covered everyone. Is there some people were like specific, Oh I'm not i m me- I'm not a member of the gen- I'm not a member of society, I'm other.
4: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Hello human. <Yes. laughs> I would mean, like your vaccine.
0: Yes, I'm an I, alien, but, other. Yeah.
4: <laughs> but it was very obvious that they're just like madly adding things to these lists as yep, as, yep. you know, national and state uh, policies change. So, uh, things like, okay. So some of the things was kind of like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a cis straight, uh, relatively white guy. Um, but things like, you know, having to, to say who for my, my contact, um, there was a huge list of what their relationship was to me, very gender normative. I couldn't just say spouse. Your emergency contact. Like I could, contacts, I could yeah. yeah, I could, I could, um, specify that it's my maiden, my maternal aunt, for example, <laughs> got no idea why, why that's critical. <laughs> the, uh, like, I, like, yeah, yeah, if it was my, my, um, my dad's sister, for yeah. example. What did they
0: ring up? The, are you, are you Dave's paternal aunt or maternal aunt? Right. Oh, sorry. Paternal it's, aunt. Sorry. I can't talk to you. Yes.
4: <laughs> like it starts to feel like, you know, those people all that, that, uh, paranoia lately about online, <laughs> online forms and pa- like passwords, uh, yeah, password yeah. questions. Like <laughs> yeah. who is your maternal, who is your maternal aunt? Um, I had to, I had to pick a religion uh, and I'm, so my background is Jewish. I don't see mm. my, I, I don't see myself as religious. I don't see myself as an atheist either. Mm. Cause I feel that's like a religious position that I don't mm. hold. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to, it was like a, uh, a question you had to answer. And I kind of think for some people, I totally understand if they're going to hospital mm. why that's an important question to answer, but I kind of felt like it should be optional. Like there mm. were a lot, again, a lot of extra steps I had to go through that just felt really unnecessary. Um, and this,
0: and this oh, list had like a hundred religions on it. Like this was yeah, not,
4: like a lot. Like I, were, I was, I was
0: at work and I'm like, Oh, I'll fill out this form. It'll take a minute. And it took quite a while. <laughs> there were so many options. It took quite a while.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Like, which is, which was great. Like in terms of, I love, you know, little bits of trivia. I love learning things. It was not the point, the time where I wanted to learn <laughs> about the existence of lots of religions that yep. had no idea that they were there, but that's, that's what I had to do. Um, but, but no. my, I think my favorite question was, uh, do you want your record not to be rec- sent to my – do you want your vaccine record not to be sent to my health record? And the default answer was no. <laughs> yes. Like, I spent like a good five minutes trying to untangle <laughs> – like, like double was, negative was much? was triple negative. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, because clearly they want – I think we're not America where you get a piece of paper that you lose that's your vaccine record that you then show to get into – you know, to travel or to get into concerts. Here it's luckily we already have My Health Record and it's already being done digitally. And I think they're trying to nudge people to do that so that they have a record of it so that when they, if a country does need a record of your vaccine history, you can print it out or show it on your phone in a few years' time. So it makes sense. But they know people (laughs) don't like My Health Record, so they're trying to trick them
4: into using it. You see, I don't have a problem with my health record, but the thing is about that question: Do you not want? Do you want your record not to be sent to my health record? No, that came after on the same page. You have to answer both questions in order to progress. Mm. The question of do you need a translator? <laughs> Sorry. Right. Do like, you not? I... Don't
0: need a translator? <laughs> Ima- imagine if McDonald's did this. Do you not? Don't need? Want fries with that? Default no. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, probably end up with a much healthier population. Yes. Uh, but yeah, no, it was just like, you know, if my, if English was my second language, I've got no idea how I'd cope with this process, mm. um, how I'd, how I'd actually get a vaccine. True. Um, and I suppose I could, I could, you know, wait for an hour on the phone, but um, again, like just take <laughs> away those, take away those barriers there's a lot of people, a lot of people talk about Scotty for marketing. He does have, mm-hmm. you know, like a marketing and tourism background in terms of his mm-hmm. career. Um, you know, his, if not his education, I'm not sure. But um, so at the moment, a lot of my job is in, um, is in digital learning and mm-hmm. user experience is such an important part of that. Like you jo- and, and for marketing as well, you just want to make things simple for people. Mm. The more obstacles you put up, which is, you know, it's the, the whole basis of their, their uh, immigration platform. So they know this, right? The more mm. obstacles you put up, the, the less people are going to want to do it. And there is nothing more important right now than people just doing this. That it's, yeah. that it's easy. That you just, you know, you, oh, um, I'm eligible. I'd like one. Yeah, here you go. Sure, it's going to be in a week or two weeks or whatever. Mm. But just to have it easy for people, that seems yeah. so critical.
0: Yes, they need to make it a lot simpler. Um Personally, I found I found the paperwork not too bad. I'm used to dealing with bureaucratic nightmares working at the ABC on and off. Um, but uh, <laughs> but um, uh, I found my experience actually getting the vax and going to the venue the the most troubling because first of all, you get the email and says it's at the hospital. I go great, go to the hospital. Open. I'm like, where's the, I? Don't, I can't find it. Open my phone. It's not at the hospital. It's near the hospital. Um, and of course, the directions yes. on where you go is in an A4 PDF attached to the email, which is very useful for reading on your phone in the rain. And then the address isn't cl- <laughs> the address isn't on there clearly either, because normally what you do is with the you know if someone emails you an address, you just stick it in Google Maps and away you go. So I was like looking at a map on my phone like it was some kind of buried treasure. It's, like X- it's
4: a non-interactive PDF. Yeah, like, it's, that's the one I had too. You can't, like, yep. click on the PDF to then, like, get the address
0: card. No, there's no links in there. No, is, of course not. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like trying uh, to find a, a buried treasure. It's like, X mark the spot for the unmarked tent in the car park you'd be looking for. Oh, <laughs> uh,
4: and, and then you get so – I'm, I'm starting to think maybe we went to the same hospital. We did, uh, we did, so, we did, yes. Yeah, we did, okay.
0: So by my count, we checked in – four times so you go at the car park you 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 they take your temperature and a, and a bracelet yeah at the car park they take your temperature and just check you haven't been in a hot spot you get a mask and a sticker then you walk six blocks to like this weird kind of uni building you get you wait in a lecture hall with very weird like trance music playing and and like this bad screen uh slideshow on the screen for I don't know why uh, and then you queue up again, uh, and you—that's where you show your ID, um, and your Medicare card, and your ID, and you get the wristband. And by the uh, stage, you have
4: like wristband. You're like you're covered in stickers. and There's trans music playing. It's basically like goof yes. in the nineties. <laughs> pretty,
0: yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, and then and then you go back to the lecture hall, and you have to put up with this music some more. Um, and I quite then like
4: the lecture hall. But just yeah, let you sit down for a minute, and in a large room full of people. It's but
0: good. it's weird because it was freezing cold day. It was like the coldest Sydney day in twenty years or something when I went. So everyone's wearing jackets, and you're just boiling hot. Which probably, thank God, they took our temperature <laughs> before that. Um, And then you go upstairs and you're like, oh, great, this is the jab. No, you sit down and you you answer more questions about your medical history. And then they give you another sticker, which you stick on you, which is is great. And uh, the thing I loved is at this stage, they're like, uh, do you have any other medical questions or issues you want to raise? I've looked at today because maybe there's people who've turned up who are like... Oh, I've I'm, you know, I'm bleeding from the ear once an hour, you know, or something like that. They're like, oh, they're at, they're at a hospital. Maybe th- we should see if there's <laughs> any right. other issues. Personally, all I <laughs> wanted to say was, I've got a yeah, I've got a big pain in my neck from all this bureaucracy. I don't think I had to show this much ID to get a mortgage.
4: By the way, at the- <laughs> <laughs> you have a mortgage. You're in Gen X on the cusp of Gen Y in, in Sydney, and you have a mortgage. That's incredible.
0: I did. Uh, I, it's a very small studio apartment, but yes. Um. Right. <laughs> so then you get another sticker. And then you go upstairs to get your shot. And then when you get your shot, you get another sticker. So with the time written on it. You got your shot. Yeah. So at this stage I'm basically resembling like a nineteen nineties high school binder or like an activist <laughs> laptop. I'm covered with so many stickers. And then Which I don't is know funny if- because the vaccine
4: <laughs> is like a reinforcement, so
0: <laughs> yeah, and then everyone gets observed And I had a I had an allergic reaction once to something So I had to wait 30 minutes And the, the observation area resembled like a, a dreary 1980s Soviet era high school detention room There was oh, no, yes. lino floors, like, you know, uh, analog clocks The seats are all separated out It was like if Mikhail Gorbachev had directed The Breakfast Club
4: it was <laughs> and, the, and the thing is, like, I feel so silly for mentioning that I had allergies at that point Because you have to sit there for like half an hour but mm-hmm. my allergy, like, you know, she asked me what I was allergic to and it's like dogs and oat dust, <laughs> uh, sorry, not dogs, cats. I used to I thought I was cats and oat dust, not oats, just oat dust. Cause right. I had like a, a music bar once and, and something was a bit itchy and I, I like music bars. I thought I was allergic to almonds. <laughs> Apparently no, it's, it's not even, it's just the dust you get when you, when you process oats, right? My so it's obscure pointless, <laughs> and it's not even, a, it's not, it's not anaphylactic. Yep. It's just a little bit itchy sometimes. Right. Um, and so I had to sit and wait there for half an hour. Yeah, because- any
0: any allergy, you've got to wait half an hour. But it's fine, you know. You've you everyone brings a is told to bring a tablet or a book or a podcast or something so you can put. But it in are there people here.
4: who aren't allergic to anything? Like, is that even possible? I,
0: well, if they <laughs> are, so they, just- they don't know it. This is Australia, you yeah. know. Everyone's everyone's drinking soy milk or has an asthma puffer. So I'd say it's probably <laughs> everyone's <laughs> everyone's got something here. Um, okay. But look, I found the whole process fine. Yeah, it was about two hours. Look, it's not glamorous. We're not in America. We don't expect to have valet parking and a string quartet at our at our vaccine centres.
4: Would be nice
0: though. Would be nice. But um, look, they they did get the job done, and it was I think it was a it was a great experience. And this I I heard someone tell me the next day that um, they're getting through between one and two thousand people a day here, uh, which is just is amazing. Good. And they've set this whole thing up in a mat you know a matter of weeks or months. Um, yeah. which is good. Um, but I did have some side. Did you have any side effects? I felt. I don't know whether it's just I was working on like five projects that week, but I just felt fatigued and had to go to bed. But maybe I should just. I just had,
4: <laughs> I, I just had a sore arm. I literally oh, okay. just yep. my, my arm was a bit sore. Uh, for you know, uh, for like a day, <laughs> and um, and it was funny actually because I went to I went to a party afterwards, and um, you could tell who would had the vaccine. Like they were just like a bunch of people who were just. Being super protective of their left arm. And it was like, and we just had like the secret nod of like, oh yeah, you got death, oh. nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, I had a bit of sore arm, but I did feel massively fatigued. I don't know why. I heard that was more with the second dose. I think It was
4: probably heavy to answer all those questions, to be honest. It was, it was fatigue. Yeah, yeah. But but that it would have was. Me.
0: <laughs> everyone's everyone's immune response is different. But like, thank God, I wasn't like driving a forklift or flying an airplane that day. My plan to go to the gym after getting my shot was very ambitious. I realized I went straight home. Oh and no, Did you lay on no, the couch? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I went. I went straight home just- and, and chilled out for the day. Yeah.
4: Oh yeah, just picking up anything was just a bit like a li- like would just like, trigger it a bit, but mm, no, it was mm. fine. Like I was, I was really impressed. Like once I got through the bureaucracy, I was super impressed.
0: You know, I it's very rare our government gets something right. And look, this isn't perfect, but you know they've and there's still a lot of people to cover. We're only covering a hundred thousand. People a day in Australia yeah. at the moment. like so.
4: 2000, so that was two thousand at the one hospital, or two thousand in the state. Just, the,
0: just at that one hospital, yeah. Right. Oh, two thousand.
4: Because two thousand states, not not great. <laughs> like you know, but one no, no. hospital—that's very impressive.
0: Well, look. Hopefully, I think we'll get we'll get walk-up clinics happening in New South Wales soon, so people can just. You know, grab a grab yeah. a vaccine on your on your coffee run yeah. in the morning or crack something. A, crack
4: a cold one. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I'm like, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, all right. Th- thanks for chatting, Dave. Anything you want to plug? Where can people find you and your stuff?
4: <clears throat> oh man, I wish I had something to plug. It's been so long. <laughs> I have nothing to plug. You're welcome to come join me on Twitter at, at i before i underscore before underscore e, um, because that's how long I've had a Twitter account. I had underscores. Um, the you know, but other than that. Maybe I could come back in a year or something and say, oh, I've got something to plug now and uh, just in the middle of someone else's interview. That'd be great. <laughs>
0: well, w- welcome, welcome back anytime. Um, always, great to, always great to have you on the show. Thanks,
4: heaps. Cheers. Thanks, Dave. See ya.
0: Bye. Okay, everyone, that's News Fighters for today, June the 18th. 2020. A big thank you to Dave Bluestein for being on the show. And a quick heads up that we recorded that interview on Wednesday, right before the government changed the health advice on the vaccines. And now uh, Pfizer is available for people up to 60, and AstraZeneca will only be for over 60. So uh, do a search of your local state uh, for the vaccine uh, registration of interest or eligibility criteria. ...and uh, get on the waiting list and go get jabbed. And I was feeling very lucky and privileged uh, to get my first jab last week. Uh, I hope I didn't sound like I was bragging um, in that interview. But I also feel especially lucky because we haven't had many COVID deaths uh, in Australia recently. And I feel like we're ahead of a lot of other countries that are doing so badly at the moment. So to um, atone for that, I'm uh, donating roughly the cost of my two jabs... ...which is about $60 Australian, uh, to the Go Give One campaign... Or the World Health Organization Foundation and the Gavi Kovacs AMC, uh, which is donating and delivering vaccines to low-income countries. And I encourage everyone out there listening um, to go do the same when you get jab. Donate a jab. Pass it along. The website is gogiveone.org. That's gogiveone.org. Uh, Newsfighters is written, presented, and produced by me, Dylan Bain, for SansPants Pants Radio. Thanks for listening. Uh, our episodes are going to be coming out... Around the weekend, Friday, Saturdays, for the next couple of months. Uh, Don't forget to check out our website at newsfighters.com. If you want to chuck us some money, we've got a Patreon, patreon.com slash newsfighters, where you can get uh, bonus episodes. And we're hoping to have the Apple Podcast subscription working as soon as Apple Podcast gets their act together. So you might be able to uh, support us and get the bonus episodes on Apple Podcasts very soon or failing that. Buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. Slash /newsfighters. And don't forget uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook as well. All right, that's it. Keep fighting and bye for now.
2: This is newsfighters, where we fight the news, so you don't have to.
1: Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts?